You're tuning in to Spectre Radio. Revisiting our favorite Star Wars movie moments and debating about scenes from the shows. We're just three millennials trying to find our way through the galaxy through the eyes of the Jedi, clones, and the Sith. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Alyssa, and we are Spectre Radio. Radio. When you were in the city, did you see any prisoners? We must find a way to free them. A Mandalorian and a spoiler? They'll never see it coming. Thank you, Mando, for the spoiler warning. Again, this is your adult content and spoiler warning. I've been quested with returning this child to the Jedi. What do you know of the Jedi? Nothing. I can lead you to one of their kind. But first, we need your help on our mission. Mission? How's my credit around here? And you come here, little one. Have you been taking good care of him? Has Mando been taking good care of you, huh? Yeah, yeah, he said. What is that thing? I keep it around for luck. You're gonna need it where you're headed. We're gonna do this in front of the kid? Of course, of course we are. This is Spectre Radio. Hey guys, what's up? <laughs> Welcome nice. back to Spectre Radio. Tonight we- kids? Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. I have done and will continue to do. Anyway, welcome back. We are going to um, jump deep into season two of Mandalorian. Before we do that, I want to introduce one of my good friends and a very special guest on tonight's podcast, Ethan Fowler. What's up, guys? So glad you're here. Thank you for having me. Thank Uh, you for coming. Wyatt asked me to write him a little bio, which... um, I, at first, I jokingly wrote something to the effect that I made Wyatt what he was. He was. Oh, please. Yes. <laughs> read, not, read that version. We want to hear uh, that version. That would be fantastic. Uh, but uh, in all seriousness, we did. Uh, I, I'd like to think I'm the, the grandfather of uh, Spectre Radio. <laughs> I'm taking way too much credit. Nah. But uh, that's what I do. So no, we so had e- Wyatt Ethan, on. So, so Ethan yeah, yeah. sent me this. He said, Ethan Fowler, he made Wyatt Gudgeon Jones into the podcast superstar that he is today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Everything he knows about Star Wars. Yes. I mean, that, you're the first wrong. part might have some truth to it, but definitely <laughs> not the latter. There's plenty of truth. We got inspired from your pod for sure, I'd say, at least to a degree. Yes, we're all very big fans of Nerd Institute. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm I'm very flattered. So I, I I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit, but um Essentially, I'm a motion graphics artist. I do work for Disney and I have a particular passion for a lot of their more famous IPs like uh, Lucasfilm and Marvel. Specifically, those two are like big time players in my life. And um, I think for me, I I was telling you guys before the show that uh, I have... I feel like I'm breathing rarefied air with you guys because you are such impressive Star Wars sweaties. And I feel like I've never <laughs> been considered uh, quite, you know, knowledgeable enough to 
be considered a guest on a Star Wars specific show, which is why I always bring in people like Wyatt or uh, Chris Rosario on our podcast, because they're the people that kind of bring the facts and I can kind of keep myself honest. But um, I do, I, I thinking back, you know, I was born in the latest part of the eighties. I was born in 89. So, um, I think at the time I, you know, rewatching the original trilogy or I guess watching it for the first time, I mean, not seeing it when it came live to theaters. I think, uh, I just really appreciated the immersiveness of star Wars and, Mm. Um, that's something I don't even think I could have quantified at the time, but um, the long form storytelling that that's such a passion of mine is um, just storytelling in general. And it was so immersive that I never had to like think about how it related to my reality or whatever. I was just completely bought into the story mm-hmm. and um, it was such a, a huge world building story as well. And I, it's one of those things, like you, you think about bands like the Beatles or something and how they literally affected all music that came after them. Like is that you literally, why your, your son's name is his name? Oh, that's definitely a contributing factor, <laughs> Jude. Wow. It also that's happens awesome. to be my favorite song, but. Um, Great choice. <laughs> but in general, I think um, like you can't even really quantify how Star Wars has permeated every sci-fi specifically space uh odyssey type mm-hmm. stories that have come after it and even just Pop long form storytelling in general, in general. Yeah. yeah like the idea of the marvel cinematic story arc how it went from uh an individual iron man movie and led up to a sort of avengers climactic event like that's what george yeah. lucas was doing right. and he was screwing with the format of like Hey, here's the first movie. You're not even going to know this, but I'm starting halfway through this <laughs> franchise. And like, right. I, I think someone a couple of weeks ago on your podcast mentioned that, how that like blew their minds that when the second one came out, it said episode five and they're like, what? Yeah. Like, that was what does Dexter. that even mean? Like <laughs> yeah. those sort of like really forward thinking um, moments like are, are so impressive. And then obviously I was much more a product of the prequel trilogy and I don't I tend not to have the same sort of uh hate for characters like Jar Jar Binks or whatever (laughs) I think maybe he was a little more heavily handed like probably too much focus on him than uh what would have been best for the story but I have a special place in my heart for the uh for the original I feel I should say the prequel yeah thank you Wyatt (laughs) okay um but anyways, <laughs> I, I could talk forever. I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, all of the big announcements that Lucasfilm uh, has announced uh, in this last year and uh, especially the continued success of the Disney Plus series. And I'm a huge fan of The Mandalorian, so I don't think there's a better topic that I could be here. Yeah, uh, disgusting with you guys. So yeah, We're thanks for having me. To have you here. Absolutely. That yeah. was a really long introduction. You guys are perfect. probably... What do we no, have that's, that's about no. par for the course for our guests, <laughs> yes, honestly. This is All true. Right. Well, that's our special guest. Excited to hear his theories and stories and kind of how season two kind of molded his brain for future Star Wars canon. <laughs> but Andrew, take us away. Give us a quick summary of what happened in this season. 
Season two of The Mandalorian touched on the rise of the First Order and Palpatine's cloning project. It was still mostly the story of Din Djarin and Grogu, two foundlings trying to make their way in the world and gradually learning about themselves and each other. Din wasn't really rooting for the New Republic or the Remnant, or for that matter, the Mandalorians. He just wanted to keep his adopted son safe. Everything else was tangential to their bond, a unique relationship that set the season apart from the past Star Wars adventures, even as it called back to them often enough to satisfy fans who were hungry for tie-ins and Easter eggs. Thank you so much, Andrew, for that succinct summary of season two. I hate you. <laughs> I wasn't sarcastic at all. No, not a hint of that. Um, all righty. Well, let's keep the party rolling with our expectations after season one. So my expectations, I had high hopes for this season. Um, How could you not? I mean, for sure. For sure right. Um, I think I, I very quickly got attached to the characters, obviously baby Yoda. Um, and I had a feeling we would lose him one way or the other. Uh, of course, like after he got punched in the head, I was like, please, God, <laughs> no more violence. Oh, him be um, okay. No brain damage. And then like, as soon as we, you know, not to like jump too far ahead, but as soon as they get to the episode called The Tragedy, I was like, no, I know what's coming. And then the ship blew up and I was like, oh, it's fine. The baby's not going to get kidnapped. That was the tragedy right there. So yeah. razor crest explode. No, no such luck. It was a double. So yeah, tragedy. I had a feeling we were going to um, say goodbye to him in one way or the other, but never had that idea that we were gonna get so many crossovers and cameos and Easter eggs until all the news started breaking. I think I remember like right before the episodes launched, it was like all this fodder on the internet of this person's rumored to be this character and this person's rumored to be this character but um was definitely expecting the same quality of you know story from season one and i think it definitely kicked it up a notch and it was movie quality with the longer episodes for sure totally true um something i actually talked on ethan's podcast before this season came out is that i expected us to be a little bit further along in the canon at least two, two plus years, two, three years further along the canon. Um, you know, hoping, not, not hoping, but kind of theorizing that Grogu would have been taken, kidnapped, gone. What? And, and yeah, and the whole. What is wrong theory, with you? My theory was the whole season would be Dinjara and trying to get him back. Oh, you're saying a time jump between season one and two. Yes. Yeah, were well, you sort of, of playing catch up? with the yeah, story and, yeah and you're constantly getting flashbacks to actually what happened how did he lose him on the way to the that would have been the, cool though to, yeah. to yeah. my opinion stands that you are messed up for saying that that's fine <laughs> <laughs> i hope that's, the baby gets kidnapped isn't that such a rosy picture guys i feel like if this wasn't disney maybe i don't know Luke, disney does some dark things like kill every yeah, hero's <laughs> parents ever what was That's that mean? True. That was like, we have tiny handcuffs. Are we the bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> they had Groku in the handcuffs. <laughs> well, yeah, he was tossing them around. <laughs> <laughs> what about this you, Ethan? What kind, of, uh, what kind of expectations did you have? I think uh, th this was probably a point of contention with, uh, I think, why. I, I know with my 
podcast co-host Eric. Um, he is not a fan of the the one-off <laughs> of everything, <slums. laughs> anything. I, oh, you. Oh, ironically, like, ironically, you put it, Eric, side missions is how you put it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Side missions. Eric can't stand those, but um, ironically, he ended up like really liking this season too. But it was because it ended up being so um, integral and. Uh, you know, tying in a lot more of like general Star Wars canon and yeah. also just following more of a direct uh, long form storytelling line. But I went into season one with like no expectations because I, I don't know. I, I, I literally had, I, I think my only point of reference was uh, the little bit that we got in terms of Mandalorian culture from the animated right. franchises. Mm-hmm. So when it started season one with, uh, you know, the introduction to the child and this baby Yoda race, which it's so hard for me to call him Grogu, first of all, but I'm trying. (laughs) Uh, But when it started that story where it was sort of tying in these remnants of the, um, you know, the old empire and their tie to this child and how that was sort of culminating with this, new Mandalorian character, I thought, wow, this is a lot more big picture than I was expecting. And then the subsequent season literally pretty much dropped that storyline entirely, other than the Mm -hmm. fact that the child was with him until the very last episode. So I was, and I was happy with that. I I liked the first season a lot, but I think it was because I was tempering my expectations in that way. Mm. And so when this second season started, and it started with that Tatooine, we got to blow up this sandworm. I was like, okay, I enjoy this. Like this Beetlejuice, Beetlejuice. It was a little longer episode too. So I was like, oh, cool. We're, we're getting more hopefully this season. It's not going to be like every episode is going to feel so rushed or whatever. Ethan, Um, are you still standing behind your theory about the, um, the Cray Dragon egg? I have to, man. I have to, because Bubba Fett ended up back on Tatooine. So I was like, is he is he gonna so for those of you who don't know i kept harping on the idea that the uh tuscan raiders took that egg from the the sandworm what's what's the the, the pearl dragon? it's a crate dragon, dragon pearl the crate, crate dragon. dragon pearl and um i the, you know in different legends canons the crate dragon pearl has been a source of power for a lightsaber um and i'm theorizing that in the new canon they're probably going to adapt that into like that's how the the dark saber is made or something to that effect so i think i was annoying wyatt because i kept like every time i was like don't forget about the pearl it's gonna come back and it did, so, um, not yet it still could i i i love that star wars does that though like they'll plant the seed of something and then they're like let's just leave this plot piece hanging yeah. and maybe we'll pick it up later and that's fu- that's i think that's one of the the best things to do with such a big world too because it's like you can go a whole season forgetting about something and when they bring it back it's like whoa i forgot that existed so yes. like, uh, and it's like always Mignon like Wynn's character fennec shen they oh, had yeah. one episode and then didn't have her again until halfway through the second season to be and fair i kind of too. wish she was she stayed dead but not because <laughs> i don't like <laughs> Mignon Wynn, wow. but it's just like i I see what you're saying. Bring everyone but it's, back. It's always. nice that they always that do that with like, the preview too. I personally, everyone's like, oh, you know, they keep bringing back dead people. I'm like, I was never <laughs> under the impression she was dead. 
That's like, true. Yeah. Some, I, some brand new gut. guy shot her from <laughs> the hip breathing. and didn't even like aim. Mm-hmm. And like, she's like a well-known badass assassin. Like I, I did not expect some guy on not even his first day in the bounty owners guild to hip. Shot I, I think, personally. I think the fact that it was um, her being a part of a team with someone else that we just got brought back from the dead. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that's it was fair. like a combination of that, that probably annoyed me a little bit more than it would have. But I think that's a fair Zombie point. Dreamed. We we never actually showed her die. And I think for those of us who've watched Game of Thrones, if you never mm-hmm. like the Hound, I never believed the Hound was dead because they never actually no. showed him die. I mean, and we saw Jon Snow dead on a table. Yeah. <laughs> and then he breathed. <laughs> yeah. So anyways, I'm, what was the question? <laughs> Expectations. <laughs> uh, we went down a crate dragon pearl rabbit uh, hole, but yes, expectations. That's pretty much it for me. I think I was expecting that more uh, episode by episode, one-off adventure type stories because um, it it is that sort of Western, like here's a story about his past. Here's a story about his love. Here's a story about blah, blah, blah. So I was kind of expecting that to continue. Um, yeah. So it was a pleasant surprise and I wasn't realizing how much I desired the bigger long form storytelling until it started actually hitting like halfway through this season. Yeah. And John Favreau actually has a quote about that in an article. He said the new season, season two is about introducing a larger story in the world. The stories become less isolated yet, yet each episode has its own flavor and hopefully we're bringing a lot more scope to the show. So just like you're saying, it's bringing in that flavor of all these different characters and worlds and ships and just more, more, what? more canon. Why is he so perfect? I'm, I I'm telling you, we, we couldn't have asked for anything better. <laughs> um, I So he, kind of like Ethan said, I didn't go in the first season with very high expectations, mostly because I didn't want to get disappointed. Yeah, I didn't think that was going to happen. I just didn't think I would be as impressed as I was. So the second season, I went in with higher expectations. I'm like, okay. With with Dave Filoni and John Favreau, I'd be shocked if this season wasn't at least as good as the first one. Right. But everything that they've done, you know, has gotten even better over the years. Like the the Clone Wars quality grew over the seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, you could even possibly say that for the Rebels series as well. So um, I was like, all right, this will probably be better, e- even more so. I knew we were going to get more uh, world building, which we got. I knew they were going to add more things to the canon because they, you know, they, they added about the dark saber at the end of the first season. I was like, all right, you know, they took that risk. They, you know, they added some other things in the first season. They're going to, they're going to broaden their reach now that they know that they can do it correctly, that people were okay with mostly with how they did everything. So I was like, all right, cool, right. cool. Um, I was expecting to see Cara Dune and Grief Karga about as much as we ended up seeing them. I'm like, all right, these guys were too cool to be one-offs. Um, that's just personally how I felt and they were both in more than one episode and they would they did pretty important things in my mind so I'm like all right we're gonna we're gonna see them again um I that's that's about all I was expecting um when we got news that we were getting characters um I expected to see Boba Fett one time (laughs) mostly because I didn't think they were going to give us too much of what we wanted so I'm very grateful that I was incorrect um, <laughs> I, I was very grateful. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's it for me. Yeah. You know, kind of what, uh, Andrew and Alyssa kind of spoke to, you know, with all of the cameos and crossovers, you know, when, when, when we were getting trailers for 
for this season. Disney and Lucas have this thing to where they throw us a scene from one of the one of the shows, but our minds are thrown one way when the when the scenes actually go in this way. Mm-hmm. So just for reference, when they released the trailer for Rise of Skywalker, and C three C C three PO is about <laughs> to have his memory wiped, and he's looking at everybody. He goes, "I'm just taking one last look at my friends." friends yeah. We're thinking, you know, doing the trailer. Oh my gosh, what's about to happen? But then you watch a movie, he's just getting a mind wipe. It's no big deal. There's so, no consequence. His mind I'm, I'm is glad restored, it's no, right? I'm glad it's no big deal for C-3PO who wanted to, to take one last look at his friends. Just way to it diminish was... that, Wyatt. <laughs> no, he, he has just... a point, though. I mean, he's what he's trying to say is these I know. are I'm, I'm teasing. Act- I'm teasing. actions without consequences because right. five minutes later, it feels like not even that. He's like, oh, just kidding. Remember when we thought this was a huge deal? He's got it back. Everything's fine. It's a good Remember point. Remember when I'm we thought teasing. this person was murdered? They're not dead. I They're just... still here. I mean, just I watch kidding. enough Supernatural to know that people come back all the time. So, I mean, it For is sure. what it is. <laughs> right, right. All right, let's move on to our theories. Uh, this topic is our theories past season two into season three. Um, so, for me, so Din Djarin has, he's completed his mission. He's got Grogu back to one of his kind, quote unquote kind. You know, not necessarily his same species, but one of his religion. So now that he's completed his mission, I feel like he's going to go off with Bo-Katan and learn what it is to truly be a Mandalorian and to take back Mandalore. Because now that he has Darksaber, he can't give it back to Bo-Katan. You know, they have to, they have to fight over it. Or she can marry him. Or she can marry me if she's looking. (laughs) (laughs) Did I say that out loud? (laughs) Um, And then I'm not sure. I believe Crimson Dawn is gone at this, way gone at this point. But in my my brain, Crimson Dawn is one that kind of took over Mandalore because Crimson Dawn was obviously Darth Maul's crime syndicate. So, and last, last we're on Mandalore and clones. Maul's on it. Maul's there. Granted, Maul is long gone as well, but I have a well, feeling... Yeah, and he, he had the Darksaber, to your point. He had the Darksaber. He, he killed Bo-Katan's sister with it. Hmm. So I feel like his his group is still there kind of ruling over. So I, I kind of hope we get some Crimson Dawn in Season 3. But again, any theory I've had, you, you can go back and listen to Nerd Institute. <laughs> any theory I've had about future seasons has been completely wrong. <laughs> It happens. <laughs> it's well, I feel like, like every every theory I have is completely like from season one, the end of season one. I kind of had like my brain tends to think in like, okay, here's what could happen in the next season. Here's where I think this show is going to end, and I feel like everything I thought the show was going to end at ended on the last season. Like um, one of my big things I said was I I thought. Dindajarin was going to eventually remove his helmet uh, it to, you know, sort of forsake his creed and be with the person that he loved, hmm. which kind of happened. He took his helmet off for the person that he loved. It was his child hmm. uh, or the, the child um, right, right. rather. So I feel like for me, season three is really nebulous. Like I'm I'm not really, I, I know it's it's obviously going away from the Grogu storyline and it's 
um, heading back towards Mandalore, which makes sense. It's called the Mandalorian. Sure. Um, so I, I would imagine a lot of that is going to be uh, the plot for the next season. Um, and then I think a lot of like the, the Imperial pieces mm. of, um, I'm trying to think of the character's name, uh, Esposito. Moff Gideon. Moff Gideon's character. Sorry, my brain doesn't work, That's guys. That's okay. I did Sorry. that all day yesterday. I couldn't remember his name. Uh, but I, I feel like he's probably more likely, his story is going to continue in like Rangers of the New Republic, possibly. Um, I don't oh. know how involved he's going to be in Mandalorian, but um, I know they kept him alive for a reason, but I don't necessarily think it's going to be part of Din Djarin's future. Yeah, and my thoughts kind of are in between Ethan's and Wyatt's. So I'm thinking kind of along the lines of Mando's next move, but also the, consequ- the quote unquote consequences of the actions that he just had in taking off his helmet. So yeah, I'm thinking in some way the armorer is going to come back because obviously she kicked everybody's ass down in the, <laughs> the scud hole downstairs. Yeah. And was like, see you guys later. Um, so obviously that's gonna come back around somehow his clan, you know, his, his guild, whatever we want to call it. And is he going to have to face the consequence of his actions? Are they going to find out that he took the helmet off? Is he going to be like pushed out? Are they going to be enemy? Are we going to have a war between this, this one splinter group of Mandalorians and Bo-Katan and Mando and like all these other folks, you know what I mean? That, that kind of feels where it's going. Yeah. Um, Cause there, there's going to be some consequence. And I think you talked about this a lot on, on your podcast, Ethan, about the consequence to him taking off his helmet and yeah. scanning his face. Like something is going to come of that, whether it's between the, the different guilds and different splinter groups here, or if it has something to do with the empire. There's, yeah. there's going to be something big there for sure. I think if anyone knows what they have their hands on with his face scan, it's going to be big trouble for him. Uh, I don't know how aware the Empire was of that happening, but when they figure it out, it's it's going to be bad. Um, and I, I don't know if it would be so much like a war between the different factions of Mandalore as much as it's just going to be this plot piece that... Um, you know, Din Djarin, he doesn't, he's not a naturalized Mandalorian and now he's not going to be accepted by his cult, uh, the children of the watch. So what, where does that leave him? Does he forsake his creed completely? Does he, um, try to become a naturalized citizen? I don't think he desires the throne at all. Um, even though he has the clearest right to it in terms of the dark saber. So, um, all these questions and more. But isn't it always like the person that doesn't want to lead is like the most fit person to yeah, lead, you know? Exactly. Game of Thrones all over again. Yeah. yeah. I don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely. So my my theories, and while like I, I agree partially like with um Alyssa, what she said about, you know, that's gonna cause some problems with his with his group, the the children of the watch. I really hope there's not a civil war between Mandalorians again. Because one, there's so few of them left at this point. And especially like you get that one eyed guy at the beginning of the season. He's like, oh, this saves me the trouble of, you know, hunting you down. I've already had to hunt other Mandalorians down. 
And then we have those redneck fishermen who are like, oh, let's kill another one and get his crest scar. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, you're like the best master race, you know, like best uh, warrior race in the galaxy. And like redneck, you know, redneck fishermen, fishermen in, a J, you. in a J crew sweater. <laughs> I'm like, geez. I'm like, I, I hope that it's not because like, I'm like, it would kind of be like uh, supernatural. At some point, the angels were fighting each other. Right. And that, that that season, that, what was it? That plot point lasted entirely too long and like way too many of them died to like a ridiculous degree. So I really hope like to the point where they couldn't even like, oh, there's so few of us left. Don't do this. Then they couldn't even, and it makes total sense to not do that. Like fight your common enemy. So while yeah. obviously there's going to be animosity and they're probably going to give him crap, he could just be like, um, we're a religious cult zealot these are the other 90% of us. Maybe we're doing something wrong. I, th I think, you know, go ahead. I will say if any race was to fight about something so trivial, oh, for sure. It for would sure. be the Mandalorian. <laughs> yes. Well, and what, you know what, what I Sabine thought of? Say? My people don't need a reason to pick a fight. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what I thought of when you were just saying that is a phrase that my dad likes to use all the time is the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So is there going to be this like other driving force that, they're squabbling over all this politics of and logistics of things. If you don't wear your helmet and you take your helmet off and you scan your face, whatever. And then it's like, boom, this big plot point drops into their lap. And it's like, okay, we have to put everything aside and work together to solve whatever, you know, antagonists. Yeah. It could be something in. like them, you know, realizing that no matter what Mandalore has to be taken back by Mandalorians. Right, and maybe right. Maybe they do what they need to to get that done. And then at that point, it's like, okay, well, who the heck's going to rule this thing now? Um, and then they're like, just kidding. It's a democracy. You guys can vote. Yeah. Uh, what a no. thought. And if there's one thing we love about Star Wars, it's the politics. <laughs> yes, exactly. Because that's what kids wanted when they No sarcasm at all. <laughs> um, I, I personally think we're going to get a throne appearance. I think we're just going to get I and it's going to... So I think it's going to set up for Rangers of the New Republic, kind of like what Ethan said. They're going to we're going to get some more Empire things, yeah. but I think it's either going to be for the sake of freeing Mandalore or for setting up Rangers of the New Republic. Um, I think we're going to get some about Grief Karga's past, finally. Mm. Um, kind of like um, that'd be cool. What Saadi said Saadi on saying. the last Mandalorian podcast: if you translate his last name um carga in spanish it's cargo and it, so his name is literally grief cargo so he's carrying grief what kind of grief how is he a disgraced magistrate i'd love to see that um we're definitely going to get more about mandalore and like i said we're going to have some kind of um crap about his tribe we're going to learn more about it we're going to learn um we're going to see some more members hopefully we see the armor again i loved her yeah and yeah. we're gonna we're gonna get something with grogu it's not gonna be big but it's, I think it's going to give us just a taste. I don't think his story is over completely. I think, or at least some somehow, mention that might yeah. even say, "Oh, the kid's doing well." Blah blah blah. I, I'm thinking something. we'll get more just because of how much the fan base is basically decided that the show is called Baby Yoda and not The Mandalorian. <laughs> like, how much of the fan base only watched it for Baby Yoda? Like, I don't know. A, a, a lot, Great a lot question. of the fan base. Most of my, my coworkers. Yeah, <laughs> this your is wife. fair. This is fair. Um, <laughs> That's that's just uh, what I think about it personally. How much do you think the events of the Book of Boba Fett will 
bleed into Mandalorian story and vice versa. That's also I hope a I lot of to it. Say. I was I just think thinking that a lot of crossover too. between Ahsoka, Rangers of the New Republic, Boba, Boba, the Book of Buffett, and the next season of The Mandalorian. I think I kind of mentioned it previously. We're getting like a Shondaland over here, but in <laughs> Fav, we're getting Favreau land of all these baloney land, all these shows that they're. Yeah, creating. I hope I hope it's kind of like um, the Marvel Netflix shows. Like Rosaria Dawson was in all of those shows. Yeah. So she started right. on Daredevil and then she was in the others and they, mm-hmm. they crossed over with each other here and then and then had their own little spinoff show, The Defenders. So I hope yeah. we get something kind of on those. And that's, that's kind of what I said about like Grogu specifically. Mm-hmm. I, if there's ever going to be a Grogu title, it's going to be years down the line when he's oh, like sure. 400 years old or something like that. But I don't think we've <laughs> seen the last of Grogu. When he's in middle age, 400 yeah, years yeah, old. Yeah, middle age. <laughs> Midlife crisis. Midlife crisis, exactly. He's a sports car. <laughs> a solid three feet tall at that point. <laughs> um, but I I don't think we've seen the last of him in these series either, but I don't think he's going to get his own show. I think he's just going to bleed over in between the Ahsoka series, Ranger, uh, Rangers of the New Republic, Mandalorian, um, so I think there will be a few characters that will probably do that and storylines that would bleed into each other. So kind of tough until he says his first word. Yeah. <laughs> to have his own show. <laughs> I wonder if we'll ever get like a, you know, how <laughs> Ahsoka and him were like interfacing mind melding or whatever. If we ever get like an, a conversation, a like we hear what's going on there and it's, oh gosh, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. They're just talking about, eh, what do you want for lunch? I don't know. He never feeds me. What What do you got? I keep having to eat uh, this frog lady's eggs and steal some kids' cookies at school. And eat some monster-looking squid. That's forgivable. Um, so let's transition into our uh, favorite segments, uh, What If? So I'm going to I'm gonna start off with, and this one's pretty funny. This one's more of a joke, but like, what if Boba Fett ran into Luke in that last episode? <laughs> Because they've met before, like I th- personally, I think they would just like look at each other awkwardly, and they're gonna be like, and Luke's gonna like, I'm gonna take this kid and go that way, and Boba's like, oh cool, because I'm I'm going back in there. All right, no no hard feelings. All right, let's have a have a safe travel. No uh, no throwing me in a side like again. Tell Han well, yeah, I said hi. <laughs> like you said, their ships are like they're literally two ships in the night, just like literally. passing each. They're literally two ships in the night. What do you guys think? definitely awkward um because he he was the main reason he fell in the starlack right i guess it depends on how yeah. bitter uh how bitter <laughs> he, he holds is a grudge well it was i don't know if bit fortuna is any but... indication i would i would guess that bubba holds a grudge if, if bit yeah. fortuna has any indication there true yeah i i don't know i think um luke would have you know we saw what he did with 20 or more death troopers i think he probably would have dropped them no problem but yeah he would have put them down who knows who knows how the story would have gone if if uh two integral characters were fighting the the amount of plot armor that they have is uh (laughs) i could just see him look at each other and be like we don't have enough time for this and then just walk off in different directions (laughs) i have my own show to worry about (laughs) that's being delayed unfortunately Um, one of mine is, you know, there were so many theories about who the other Jedi was going to be. 
Mm. Um, so my what ifs were one was what if Ahsoka in the first place took Grogu and the other would be um, what if it was Cal Kestis or one of the other Jedi's Ooh. we assume are still alive. Um, what would that mean? I mean, we don't really, we can't really quantify how that would be different because we don't know how things are going to sure. end up for Grogu under Luke. Hopefully he's uh, not around at the events of the destruction of Luke's temple, but <laughs> yeah. uh, we'll continue to hope and pray for uh, Grogu <laughs> about that. <laughs> but um, what are you guys' thoughts? So where we are in the timeline, where um, 980Y, so this is where Luke is the absolute most powerful he's ever been. Mm. So as much as I don't like it being Luke, it makes the most sense. As far as it being other characters, either like an, an Ezra or Cal Kestis or anybody else that can hold a lightsaber. See, like... <laughs> Fog a mirror and hold a lightsaber is your prerequisite for saving Grogu. I, I don't think we give Ezra enough credit. He was able to resist the Emperor and the Chosen One was not. Yeah. Right, sure. and Ezra also had a green saber. Yeah. So that also could have been him um, slicing through. Or, or, until, or until you see his lightsaber handle, but, you know, it's yeah, a little bit different too. than Luke's. That's but little, yeah. What a cool handle, by the way, the blaster. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Ezra, you're talking about Ezra's handle? Yeah. Yes. Uh, his first one was a, a blaster lightsaber, but the second one kind of looked like Luke's, but it was its own little thing. Oh, that's right. Sorry. No, that's all right. Season, uh, season one still on the brain. Um, um, I think uh, for those of you who don't know, I, I've never had such a, a drastic, uh, like wild prediction come true. I think <laughs> I was the only person. And you I said it so early happy. too. Ugh. I dude, I was I've there's something so gratifying about taking a shot in the dark and being so right about it. And it was something that I I think I guessed on like episode four. Mm-hmm. And then I just kind of maintained about Luke being the one at the end. But it it did make the most sense to me. Um I I would have I think I would like to see if Cal Kestis is still alive or any of the ones from uh the video games, I would like to see them. I'd like to know what happened to them. Um, I'm not a gamer by any stretch of the imagination, but I have, you know, looked up uh, subsequently about those characters. So it would have been cool to see them appear. And I love the idea of all these different canon platforms crossing, like bringing people Mm -hmm. from video games, which technically, uh, from what I'm told, the Dark Troopers were originally from a video game. Yeah, Dark Forces. Um, they brought a few things from video yeah. games to where I think we could get Cal Kestis or like Kyle Katarn from the old, I think he was in Dark Forces or something like that. He was a, a major player around this time as far as Jedi. So yeah, I think, I think, I think to think, your point, we could get that. Yeah. I think what really makes the most sense based on what you're saying is if we get somebody like Cal Kestis, there's someone like my dad who's rewatching The Mandalorian with me who's a bigger Trekkie than anything. So forgive him, but um, is a fan of the original trilogies and he's watching this for the Easter eggs and enjoying, you know, the bits and pieces of, of uh, star Wars lore that's being honored. And Cal Kestis comes on the screen. My dad's like, who's that? You know, Ahsoka Tano came on and he was like, who is that? He has no idea. He's like, he's a Jedi. Cool. Whatever. 
So if you get somebody like Cal Kestis, it's not, you know, they're building it up to be this like big dramatic thing. And there's all this music and all this emotion. And are you crazy? Don't open the door. And you open the door and it's Luke mother freaking Skywalker. You know what I mean? So I think if we go before that that episode, enough cameo, (laughs) if, if we go before that episode, the events of the last episode, then it could have been almost anybody. But you're right, the the music and the, the you know, destroying all the droids, that's what kind of built it up to where it had to be Luke Skywalker. <laughs> and they're like, identify yourself. And he's like, no. No. But before that, it could have been, um, it could have definitely been somebody else. Um, you know, as, as much as I would have loved to see Ahsoka um, teach him, uh, teach Grogu, I one, I think she's acknowledging her own limitations, which is, which is extremely mature. Um, she's also acknowledging yeah, the fact especially that especially for her. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, she she's probably one of the best trained Jedi to ever not achieve Jedi Knight. Yeah. Like she was able to Ooh. keep up with villains that like Jedi Knights and Masters were having difficulty yeah. with. So for her to acknowledge her own limitations as the chosen one's Padawan, one is is very mature. Mm. Two, she was she's recognizing that my master probably planted scenes of the dark side in me during my childhood. So it, when hey. she said, I'm not going to start this child on the same path, it's not, I don't think it was just because she sensed the fear in the child. She's recognizing who she is and what happened, you know, in her life. Mm. So she, and she's not going to take responsibility for like, you know, screwing up somebody else's life. Like that's, that's ridiculous. Like the, it wouldn't be her fault, but that's, that's a lot of pressure. So as much as I would love to see it be Ahsoka, because I think she's pretty pure of heart and she's a good teacher and she connects well with people, she wouldn't do it herself. Mm. Mm. Uh, Cal Kestis might because of how the video game left off. I'm like Ethan, I'm not a gamer, but I have a working knowledge of what happens. He um, is kind of trying to rebuild the Jedi a little bit. So um, that I, I think I think it could have been him. Ezra, I think, um, could have been, but I think the whole point of the Ahsoka show is that she's looking for him. So I, I, I don't know that it could have been him. As much as I love Ezra, I think that's what the plot of the Ahsoka show is going right. to be. I think Ahsoka's uh, lie of omission is what bothered me because it, it, she definitely alluded to the, like, help me do this and I'll take the kid off your hands. I, I felt that way too, kind of. That was that was frustrating, but other than that, you I, had I know, to know some... it wouldn't be that easy though. You had to know. That's true. Like if his so own people lied to him. to change yeah. her mind. If, if his own people like Bo-Katan, like Loki <laughs> lied to him too and was was altering the deal. Pray I don't alter it any further. <laughs> you know? He's like, you're changing the terms of the deal. This is the way. Exactly. This is like, the way. <laughs> I was like, you're lucky you're so cute. I think you can get away with that. But I mean, you had Gosh. to know that was coming. So my what if, of course, has to be about my little baby Yoda. <laughs> but I was re-watching, I was like binge watching the episodes leading up to this podcast. And um, I was watching the finale, of course. And uh, obviously we get Grogu in handcuffs. And he's fighting off the stormtroopers and he keeps like passing out because he's just so ex- just spent. <laughs> <laughs> spent. It's so cute. I love that meme where it's like, I relate so much to Baby Yoda. Anytime I do anything, I need to take I a nap. Need a nap. <laughs> yes, so relatable. But 
I'm really glad I asked this what if because I started Google searching all these different things and it led me down a rabbit hole and it was a lot of other what ifs that came from this. Um, so I'll be interested to hear your opinions, but basically my thought was what if um, Grogu force choked Gideon? You know, obviously like let's pretend he's not gonna need let's a nap. Let's pretend plot armor is not a <laughs> he, thing. Well, yeah, let's pretend he's got a... <laughs> a nice energized system here um, because Gideon is ultimately defenseless other than wielding the dark saber from what I have seen. In my opinion, he's not force sensitive. He's not a Sith. He's just a dude in a, in a freaking black cape and we're and carrying around a, the dark saber with minimal training. He doesn't, he uses it to carve himself out of a busted up tie fighter. And that's about it. We, Get to see him fight Din in this episode with it, but you can tell he's very clumsy and not so trained. Is he clumsy though? I I, I don't know. I I kind of get the one of the things that I love about uh uh I can never only Off remember video. his what's what's the actor's name? James Bosposito. Uh, yes, he is so brilliant in regards to like the way that he performs moth gideon i feel like he's never actually on his back foot mm. like i feel like he's only letting you see the hand that he wants you to see mm. and you kind of get that when you know din Djarin brings him to the bridge and he's like you think he got defeated easily but it was almost like he just wanted to see that's a good point he wanted to see that uh she lost her her right to the right. saber if he was going to so, lose, he was going to do it with fight, a smile right? on his face like he did. He was like, all right, if I'm going to lose, I'm going to take this from Bo-Katan and it's going to be worth it. Exactly. I and I, I think because I have to imagine that he won the Darksaber from Bo-Katan forcefully. So I don't know mm -hmm. if Din Djarin is just that much better of a fighter, which I don't think is the case. Um, I don't think so. Which well, I'm... I'm assuming a lot, but, and I'm getting off track from Alyssa's. No, no, you're okay. Uh, what were you going to say? Wait, wait, go ahead. No, but you hear um, as they're prepping for this mission that Bogotan says, Moff Gideon's mine. Says, Hands you can have him after, but he's mine because she has to defeat him for, for the Darksaber. She's got to get it back to like reclaim her honor, reclaim her worthiness exactly. to be the leader. And, and it's like what, what Moff Gideon said. He said, it's not, it's not about the sword, it's about the story. Right, right. Yeah. Okay, break Moff Gideon's neck and well, nobody will know. <laughs> to your point, Ethan, then even if there is no fight, you know, let's say this this theoretical does happen and Gideon is defeated by Grogu and he's passed out and the Darksaber's there on the floor and Din picks it up and takes it, then is Grogu <laughs> the, yeah. the one who's in possession of the dark Darksaber? I hope so. Good lord, <laughs> the Mandalorian people would be so that show I would watch. <laughs> it, it's also, it's kind of frustrating. Maybe I should save this. I'm going to save this for my worst. This is probably one of the things that irritated me the most. I'll save that for later. The dark, the dark okay. Saber. we'll come back to it's, that. It's related to that. <laughs> okay. Um, you, you did make me think, and I don't know, does anyone want to address <laughs> Alyssa's question? I feel like I just completely changed the subject, but <laughs> her what if. I, I feel like. It. Yeah, I totally forgot it. I was I, just I, saying, what if Grogu force choked Gideon to death and Gideon is oh. 
defenseless. He's not really a force wielder. He's got the dark saber, but he's not really a Sith. Um, their so. mission to rescue um, Grogu would probably have been easier because they'd be going up against one of Moff Gideon's lieutenants, who, if we know anything about any Imperial officer ever, it's, that's not much of a match. Incompetence. Uh, they're going to be fine. Um, <laughs> if they could just find a way to deal with the the dark troopers, it's 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 a cakewalk. So, and if, yeah. if Grogu would have had the right to the throne, that would have fulfilled my other end arc for this show. <laughs> because I want to see Grogu in like a suit of, yes, I keep, I keep saying this. Beskar suit. Yes, like you wouldn't need much Beskar. You'd only need like three squares. Just melt down yeah, that staff. <laughs> there you I'll go. It'll sponsor, it'll sponsor many <laughs> foundlings. It'll sponsor it'll, this foundling. It weighs so much more than him though. We'll be able to hold it. <laughs> You could make um, him a tiny spear. <laughs> I, I I think if he can uh, kill Moff Gideon and then somebody else picks up the saber, it's like, well, I was either going to have an infant rule our people or I was going to do the right thing and <laughs> rule our people. A 50-year-old infant. You guys can hate me all you want, but we were not having somebody who's still crapping his pants <laughs> ruling our world. It's not yeah. happening. As who's she changing Grogu, up, by the way? I don't know that he's actually crapping himself. Oh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Personally, I, I think he's pretending to be younger than he actually is because he's been doing that since the the purge, personally. Yeah. I think you're you're totally true. I mean, Ahsoka essentially said as much that he's been hiding. I mean, he was he was a a Jedi Padawan at the temple. So and it seemed yeah. like he was he, he was a Padawan for a long time. Aren't you only a Padawan for like, I don't know, ten years or It'd be, she, said, she said many masters trained over him, so maybe they... That that does happen. Like, Obi-Wan almost did not get picked by Qui-Gon. And usually you get picked a few years before Obi-Wan got picked. So he almost, like, just ended up masterless. And they have, like, programs for that where you have, like, your role as a Jedi, but, like, you, you only can progress so far. So I, I think it was probably something like that, probably due to his fears and stuff like that. So from my what if, so hit um, Dendron's mission was to return Grogu to his own kind. So for us, that's like the species of whatever Yoda is. So right. what? So what if he just dumped him off in Dagobah and dumped him off and, and oh peaced God. out? That's not where they're from. Wyatt just wants to go back to Dagobah CrossFit. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> <laughs> No, but um, because we, as far as in the canon, we have Yoda, we and we have Yaddle. That's all we have. That's that's true. And I, I another thing that like kind of bothered me is like Ahsoka's like, oh, I've only known one other being like this. I'm like, girl, you were growing up when Yaddle was on the council. I don't want to. Did you not know who your twelve council members were? <laughs> but I mean, that's that's a good point. But they are not from <laughs> Dagobah. But. <laughs> if they could have found his species, because that's kind of where I thought it was going for a while until we got a couple uh, a couple episodes into season two. Um, I thought he was going to find his alien race. And I'm like, crap, we're going to get some, some details on this. I didn't want too many because I think part of, you know, Star Wars and like they've managed to keep it a mystery this entire time, like over the course of what, well, I think part of it years? was like nobody gave a shit, and then all of a sudden, now everybody's like, "What is this alien race? I well, have to know what it's people, called." People have been wondering what Yoda's species like since after 
um, the Phantom Empire. Menace when you saw a second one. They had, I mean, they've been uh, knowing since the, they've been wanting to know since the original trilogy, but it, it grew exponentially when we got a second member. And then when Yoda was being awesome, you know, in episode two and episode three. <laughs> so they've been wanting to know for a while. So I, as much as I want a little bit more on a species, I don't want too much more. Mm. It's also interesting to me, like the, the sort of the subtext of it being the, the Jedi race the jedi as a race is almost how they perceive them like right how the people in in this time period of the star wars universe are so like far removed from the idea of the jedi even though they weren't really taken out that long ago um but maybe they're they were you know even at their height there still wasn't enough of them to be dispersed throughout the galaxy to where everyone would have seen and had full knowledge of them. So do they actually think that the Jedi is his race or is this just a misconception? I still don't know the answer to that. There was or a they quote. might be good. They might be going like race and religion are kind of the same thing in this mm. story. And well, I mean, it's we true don't for know if, if their species are all force sensitive, that has happened with other things that that more of a species is naturally force sensitive than the other. I mean, the both members that we've all three members that we've seen now are force sensitive. But as far as like why the galaxy is so removed from knowledge of the force or Jedi, there was a really good quote um, in a comic book that um, took place uh, when I was I'm trying to remember how old I was. It was it took place during the Clone War. It was uh, old canon. And they were talking about, you know, how come these people don't know who we are? They don't know um you know who who jedi are they're like well you know billions of people have never met um a jedi and uh you know millions of people have never you know heard of the force so i guess it's like if you're terribly far away from coruscant you're not going to know anything well yeah and to your point you kind of made me think about um back in clone wars when they went to Ilum for the gathering how they made it such a big point that there was a wookiee that was um, in yeah. Jedi training, and they were that like, "This is rare. super rare for your mm-hmm. kind." So it's kind of the opposite, like what you're saying. With go, David race. Tennant. Yeah, <laughs> he's getting that shout out. Sorry, I loved him in that. He won like a BAFTA award just for his just for his participation in that. Well, let's um, transition to our next category here of our of our best and worst. I feel like we're just going to talk about the last episode and the cameo of Luke Skywalker for this entire thing and nothing else, right, Wyatt? That's all. No. <laughs> wow. No. Um, I was actually going to start by saying one of my favorite things, um, and I kind of mentioned it briefly earlier, um, one of my best parts of season two was the episode recaps that you would get at the beginning because it's nice to like catch you up like last week on The Mandalorian. Here's what you missed. But it was also like a nugget of something from season one that was being tied back into this episode. And it wasn't like a direct, hey, pay attention, because this is going to come back later. But it was kind of doing that in a way. Um, Like randomly, I think it was like episode four or five when Mithral comes back and they did a callback to that in the the preview. And you're Mm. like, oh yeah, that That was cool. So I I really liked that. It definitely helped, especially with the longer episodes. You're just getting so much. Let's see. Uh, I already have said this, but Pelimoto 
It's just so good. She had such good quotes. I was making fun of um, thank what? the force. Yes, thank the force. And I was doing one with Wyatt earlier, and I was like, "Stop your crying, or you'll rust." Like what she says to Mando. <laughs> I thought that was great. Um, loved, loved Timmy Timmy Oliphant. <laughs> loved his character. Such a fan. He his was hair was so fantastic. Great. Amazing. I was so Silver jealous. Fox. We're all about Man, it. He must moisturize in the desert, right? <laughs> I, uh, he lived on Tatooine on. his whole life. It, like, what is he, 15? If he's that, if he looks I like know, that, like, right? come on. <laughs> no kidding. But yeah, um, I also really appreciated the symmetry between the cliffhanger we got in season one, episode one of the reveal of the child, and then season two, episode one, the reveal of Boba Fett being alive. So I thought that was kind of a callback to that and, and kind of just, okay. you know, repeating that over again in a way i'm on board with that um i'm sure we'll spend more time talking about the other thing later so i'll end with the cameos and crossovers were 10 out of 10 my favorite crossover are you ready for this sure, I don't think you're <laughs> the loft cat or the oh or, or more i no i'm just kidding no definitely <laughs> oh, yeah <laughs> i screamed when the loft cat came on and it was like just for a minute and, it, and then it like cut away and i was like oh my god and i paused the tv and i was like dad do you know what that is and like he's never watched rebels or clones or anything and so that is a really cool nod though like who more i was in the loft cat yeah yeah and it was it was in dave filoni's episode of course with ahsoka of course yeah. so that <laughs> So um, to, I, I'm going to piggyback off of Alyssa because mine actually flows pretty well. Um, I love in the episode The Jedi when Ahsoka is explaining the Force to, to, mm. to, to Mando because that's something you only heard Jedi Masters talk about. You heard Obi-Wan talk about it to Luke. You heard Yoda talk about it to Luke and to Anakin. And the fact that she who expelled herself from the jedi council is now explaining how midichlorians work and, and and how the force works i just love that call back to to her masters explain it to her yeah did you notice now, yoda's theme under that when she was very faint yeah. <laughs> doing it very faint and, and it was like the exact another, same words too yes. yes and that's the other thing i i love and i mentioned this in a previous season one podcast is the music Mm -hmm. and how especially in the very last episode where luke's just destroying all the all the dark troopers and then we don't get his theme until we see his face and, and also the music with the dark troopers that, that like mechanical yeah. oh it was so like good dubstep almost going on yes in the like dubstep, like house music <laughs> edm it definitely just like gets me going every time I'm like oh this is so sick and then my worst so i'm gonna apologize in advance for this one here we, we go um, all of our listeners <laughs> goodbye it's all right I, I talked about it during ethan's <laughs> podcast as well when we talked about this episode but rosario dawson as <gasps> ahsoka Wyatt! I, I knew he was gonna have a problem <laughs> so he was I like, need Saudi back so we can he never just, told me why he told me previously he goes, i'm gonna save it for the here. podcast so like I, like I explained on Nerd Institute, I've seen her in so many other things mm -hmm. that when she came on the screen, I saw her first instead of Ahsoka. Oh, please. 
because she has that very distinctive face with the, with the bone does, structure. And I did too. I saw her before I saw Ahsoka, but it's not a problem. For me. Let me, of, hold on. I think so part of it is because it's live action and you're just like, Ugh. never seen it. Go ahead. Yeah, possibly. But then I wasn't like that with Bo-Katan, even though it's the same actress who voiced her is also playing her live action. But mm. is Thank that you, because God. she's not as like, notable live action wise for you because you've seen like you said she was in jane the virgin she was in rent yeah she was in men in black 2 believe it or not yes that's right yes oh i loved her in that i rewatched men in black 2 like uh, almost a year ago i'm like i was like is that rosario dawson yes oh my god (laughs) she she was in smith (laughs) she was in um zombie land 2 as well was she yeah she was the owner of of a of a hotel that they stayed at halfway through um don't get me wrong her movements are very similar to ahsoka granted we are gosh how many years after we've seen her in rebels at least um six six if you count when she was in season four right so she has sorry sorry six plus three and a half so seven and a half sorry math not very good at it seven and a half so we've got obviously we have an older version of her so we don't know how their species ages Mm-hmm. but her voice was on point i mm-hmm. loved her voice acting her movements were very similar to ahsoka you know jumping off buildings and her you know, activating her lightsabers like you know correct. this where they're pointed at each other that was really and, cool and so. how she's holding her lightsaber instead of in front of her she's holding it behind her right mm-hmm. like her that you know blade. kind of small mm-hmm. stuff so again if i have to nitpick that much about an actress who played a very vital character like i said this season to me blew out season one Mm -hmm. i will i will say and i will agree with you on part of that because with rosario i think they could have done the reveal so much better they built up luke skywalker because he's luke skywalker and like we weren't expecting and they just that. dropped her in there right and they just there. dropped her right in and if Dropping you're not a trees. fan you're like who the hell is that you know and i'm like bopping up and down in my seat like oh my god oh my god and my dad's like who is this you know what i mean and that's his problem we need Jump to give him a, a movication <laughs> stat a tvcation stat so but. why will you will you say like previous times you said this is your least favorite not something you hated yeah or, okay i was yeah I was this is least favorite like I'm very happy it was her. Right. She, she has the, like I said, she has a movement. She has the voice for it. Mm-hmm. When I'm not a fan of an actress, I try to think of who else I can think to play that. Mm-hmm. No one jumps to mind. That's a good point. You guys may have noticed that I have very few problems with things that I can't, like, I guess I could just get over a lot more things than most people can, <laughs> which is fine. It's, I'm not like, oh, I'm so great. No, it's just a personal preference thing. Like, there, I do have my things that I can't. Um, get over um, I'll start with my negatives um, I can't get over um, how ridiculous it was that um, a few redneck corn fishermen like <laughs> apparently that wasn't their first time drowning yeah, a Mandalorian like that like can they not swim like wh- what what <laughs> like you're a bunch of like redneck fishermen you think you're gonna beat uh, someone with blaster proof armor like what and he's like the best fighter in the galaxy or like from a race of like that, that 
Honestly, me, I ridiculous. think in general, they were just really stupid because they're like, oh, we're going to get all this money for the best car. And I want to be like, I what guess. about the bounty for the kid? Where have you been? Everybody in the freaking galaxy is trying to steal this baby. And you're like, oh, we're going to steal his armor. I think I think what? Brief Karga on that aspect has kind of like been tapering down the whole putting out a bounty on the kid. I think the Empire puts one out, but he kind of is like right. deleting that. <laughs> he presses but, delete like, when it they, gets in his info. They <laughs> his continued inbox. that plot piece over from season one where like very early on we get mando getting clotheslined that's true flying that's true. off in a jawa trying to steal the baby that's true that was really funny they blast him up into space bye See that was yeah. really freaking funny um i i liked i liked that we got mayfield back because you know mayfield. bill burr is hysterical also he, he hates he hates star wars and he still was in it a couple times <laughs> he hates yeah. everything um i, I and I, I the, the i think the thing hey. i love almost as much as having bill burr on there is that people are like why is there a space boston i'm like <laughs> of all of the accents you're just now asking that <laughs> i was like i'm like how many accents do we have for the english language in our world that's an entire galaxy. Oh my God, so like, many. So there would be even more than what we have. I'm like, people are just ridiculous. Um, I liked having Ahsoka. Uh, I agree with Wyatt to an extent. I could tell that it was her, but I was okay with that, mostly because it's Rosario Dawson. Yes, um, Wyatt is doing a double take. Because Wyatt's we like both agreed with him. We, Wait, yeah, exactly. Really? Would you like to note the time and date? Anyway, um, I thought the finale uh, was great. I know why it doesn't necessarily feel the same way, and that's completely okay. I was very pleased with it. Um, I, I, um, I like. I loved the first episode. I know people had a problem with it. I think um, Ethan's co-host had a problem with that episode, if I remember correctly. <laughs> because putting it lightly. You know what? And that's his opinion. And his points were valid. He's like, fine. I think he said, like, finally, we get a longer episode and it's a side mission. But the thing the thing that I don't know that he does, I don't think he realizes is how much more like real life that that makes it the fact that like every five seconds, he has a side mission. Anytime I try and go and do anything of any sort of importance, where I need other people to help me. Uh, they, I, I think they think I'm a lot more useful than I actually am because they like, do favors all Exactly. The place. I'm just picturing Andrew leaving the house and be like, all right, I'm going to work. And your mom being like, can you go buy Publix? And well, it's not even, it's not even like necessarily family. Like, God forbid I ask a coworker for something like they're going to like, oh, I need you to give somebody safe passage to like, I'm like, well, I think it's really realistic that he's Andrew, looking for just a reply that you're not a taxi service. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how to say no. Say. Anyway, I, I think it's, it's really it's true, realistic. Though. I, I, I think you're right. I think um, when it is like so clearly leading into all these other, yeah. it feels too convenient. Well, he doesn't know me. where he's going. That's the yeah. point. Yeah. So I that's that's my You're but I mean I I get why um, exactly. Eric thinks the way he does because too many side missions does get annoying. It does, and I like side missions. So well, uh, I go ahead. Eric also hasn't seen all the rebels and clones, that's so true. he doesn't truly understand. You know the back the back backing behind Mandalore and all these all these characters that we're getting live action. I feel like he might have more of an appreciation for it. For when he does finish Rebels and Clones? Yes, he will. To me, like watching Rebels and Clones felt so validating in this season. 
I think yes. that's one of the other things I really like about this. And I need to go back and rewatch Rebels because I've only watched it one time through. Yeah, I didn't finish my worst. So I'll I'll piggyback really quick from Andrew and then I'll give you the floor so you can have the floor. Excellent. Um, so I was thinking about whether or not I was going to say this, but I'm just going to say it. Do it. Um, I hate Grogu, I hate Grogu's name. I hate it so much. <laughs> I hate it. I freaking hate it. Hey, I uh, John Favreau gave you a pass. He said, if you want to still call him Baby Yoda, it, honestly, you can do that. I was in an interview for the job I'm in now, and um, our company loves Star Wars, which is one of the million reasons I love it. And in the interview, like obviously, I have all this Star Wars stuff behind me in my office. In the interview, like the senior vice president of my department was like oh, you watched The Mandalorian? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, this was during season two. She's like, who's your favorite character? And I was like, um, Ahsoka Tano, probably, yeah. And she was like, no, that's not right. Try again. And then she sees like all my Grogu stuff over here, Baby Yoda stuff. And I was like, it's Baby Yoda. And she's like, no, his name is Grogu. You have failed the interview. And I was like, no, it was like such a funny like joke between us. Um, which was so great, but Saudi was actually making me think like, if I were to rename him, what would I name him? And I was trying to like, think about typically in star Wars, like she was saying on our last podcast where you like get that name from something or it's paying homage to something. So like, obviously we have George Lucas and the main protagonist is Luke. So I was like, what if we did something based on George? So we still get the like the G thing going on. And then as my brain was unraveling the anagram that is George, I was like, oh my God, this is literally basically Grogu, but it would be Grogi. So there's my answer. Grogi <laughs> wow. would be so much cuter. It sounds more like a, a pet name. Right. I just think the goo part of it is what I have a problem with. Because as soon as my brain went Grogi, I was like, that's so cute. And it's just an anagram of, I, of George. It's so funny you say that because I have this unspoken theory that any name, if you add E to it, immediately sounds like a dog name. So <laughs> it's it really, that's kind of oh what I gosh. thought when you said Grogi. I'm like, that's like a pet name. And I'm so glad you said that because I loved his, re- that's the only saving grace is Grogu's reaction to his name. He goes, like yeah. a dog. Oh yeah. <laughs> like when you call your dog's name, and they tilt their little head. Love it. Two things I need to add to my favorites because I didn't get to say them. And they're very important. Bo-Katan. Hey, girl. Yes. Um, also, <laughs> she's on, aside from that, she's freaking awesome. And I love and all she's the, a yes. ginger, which um, you appreciate. I, yes. Um, and then Boba Fett being just, I, I think they described him as a barbarian in the behind the scenes. They were like, if, if, uh, if Mando's a gunslinger, he's just like a barbarian, a warrior. Him beating the crap out of and just destroying that platoon of stormtroopers i was just like with a stick with a stick and then his <laughs> rocket from his knee i was just like everything about this is everything i've ever wanted to see boba right. fett do and i i did not know that they were gonna have the bravery to do it and i'm i'm super glad they did and, and uh, i'll probably watch, watch that scene again tonight to watch the <laughs> symmetry of what's happening in that scene where he is fighting that a garrison of troopers is mm-hmm. his father is the re is the original for granted we don't have clone troopers at this point they are stormtroopers yeah, there's a the difference but the, yeah. but the fact that he was a product of what started and now is this mm-hmm. and he's killing them so yeah that's deep 
that's the is he battling that in his head probably not he just wants to kill no. some people and swing his gaffer stick around um right i think he can easily separate the two as we saw <laughs> i think i think he'll be all right okay <laughs> my my last worst point i know we're kind of ping-ponging but my last one was it's luke it- isn't it no it's not <laughs> shut up <sighs> anyway uh it was losing the Razor Crest many times and then losing Baby Yoda twice. <laughs> I just can't. That's that's all. Well, we yeah. lost the Razor Crest permanently. Like it's gone. Yeah, I, I'm aware. Like no more Jawas taking it apart or I feel like he's gonna be like, We will rebuild. <laughs> like <laughs> they do if after build it, all the hurricanes here, like Hurricane Irma, we will rebuild. It's like a lawn chair <laughs> fell over. Yeah. What if the awesome. whole Razor Crest was Beskar? Oh! And it wouldn't have been destroyed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just was reflects that, it back in Was that ball that Grogu loved made out of Beskar? Because that thing survived. Mm. I think a few like little pieces here and there could have survived that weren't Beskar. So I think that's that. I don't know. I don't think it was Maybe Beskar. It but I don't know. Because there was nothing left of that ship except for his staff and the ball. Gosh. Yeah, sure. All his guns were taken. That was that was depressing. Uh, I would have been more upset about that for sure. <laughs> hey, guns are expensive. All right, is it my turn? It's your it turn. Go for okay. it. Take turn. Waited very patiently. So I'd be lying to you if I said <clears throat> Luke wasn't my favorite uh, thing about this season. <laughs> Not. I feel like if it hadn't been my prediction, I um, I wouldn't have thought it would bit. be my favorite thing, but just the it was so I I don't know I'm trying to think of a an equal there's not <laughs> comparison definitely not from an uh, being home like a home theater experience uh, like I'm trying to think of how shocked yeah. I felt at like the end of Avengers Infinity War yeah like that sort of ending was so shocking and um not that this was shocking but it had that same like satisfaction right uh factor to it for me had a wow factor i think at least a little bit yeah and i i don't know if you guys ever saw this meme but it was like oh great one x-wing's coming and then it's like a side-by-side of someone realizing what one x main what one x-wing meant oh was it joey from friends i think so yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) or the chris pratt yeah. <laughs> Wyatt's favorite, other favorite. Good. Now, stop it. Now, Ethan, at what point in that sequence did you realize it was Luke? Was it the X Wing? Was it for the me? It, it, I was, when I saw the X Wing, I was immediately, that's Luke. Really? And then my brain was starting to say, like, okay, maybe the, maybe the New Republic just sent somebody because, you know, um, I'm trying to think of, I guess it was just the two x-wing pilots on the ice planet episode yes um which was favreau and the other guy right oh yeah it was, was it favreau no it, dave filoni no, it was filoni right. and paul sung hyung lee who's an actor from the show Kim, kim's convenience but that's right fun fact his character's name is appa i don't know oh no. <laughs> there's a filoni connection everywhere yeah there's an avatar crossover coming right um but yeah, I, I think my, when I first saw the X-Wing, my brain immediately went to Luke cause I was assuming he was going to show up anyway. So I was just like waiting for it. Um, but then I was like, nah, it might be uh, Dave Filoni's character swooping in. And then we saw the, <laughs> how anticlimactic. The, oh man. I, I mean, I, I, 
I thought about that at first too. I'm like, don't tell me it's Trapper Wolf. I mean, as cool as it would be to see him, what is he going to do for me in this yeah, situation? Yeah. Right, what is he right, going to do right. for them? But man, it was, I, I was literally like screaming and like shaking my wife. I was like, it's Luke Skywalker. Like I was freaking out. I don't think I've been that excited uh, for like an at home, like release like this, uh, yeah. even in WandaVision, which yeah. I'm very invested in. Um, there were some big reveals in that, that I didn't have this same sort of visceral reaction to. So that had to have been my, my top, I think. Well, and Paul Bettany punked us. So there's, oh, that. geez. So funny. Biggest troll of all time. <laughs> I, I think for me, that scene, as far as like what I could compare it to, I can't compare it to anything at home, uh, home theater, like you said, but I could, yeah. um, aside from the obvious parallel of being a hallway scene, that's kind of how I felt when I saw Darth Vader's hallway scene. Because it was yes. une- it was unexpected and it was right. badass in Rogue One. Yeah, yeah. I did not want Rogue One to end. I was like, continue. Where's it? <laughs> like, give me it? more Vader. That's it. Right. The credits. Um, which no, no, no. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, now that you mention it uh, about his appearance in the upcoming Obi Wan series, um, I hope we get to see more powerful Vader. Uh, but anyways, I digress. Um, I think. There are several. There wasn't a weak episode in this season to me. Maybe, no, not at all. maybe the first episode in terms of like it not feeling necessarily crucial, but I still really enjoyed that episode. Um, ironically, I think, and you already mentioned it, Andrew, but um, the Believer episode where Bill Burr was there, I I thought Bill Burr like that was such an amazing showcase mm. of his acting range in a yeah. way that I didn't think was possible. And it I is like, so I ironic. liked it as much as his character arc in that show. His character arc was incredible for one yeah. episode, but you're right. His acting was phenomenal. I was so impressed. And I think for that reason alone, I, I had to, to give it some credit. Also that was directed by Rick Famuyiwa, uh, which I think he's my also, favorite one. he's my favorite one. Yeah. I think he directed my favorite one-off episode break? from the previous season. The prisoner. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And that was my by, one by contrast, though, I think Bryce Dallas Howard directed my least favorite episode from last season, but I really enjoyed The Heiress, which she directed yeah. in this mm. season. And her, you know, getting the reins to be able to introduce Bo-Katan to the, to the Star Wars uni- live action universe, I think was really um, awesome. And I think she did a killer job, definitely. And I don't know if it was so much that like the the episode she was giving, uh, I can't remember the the title of it, but it was the episode where they were protecting the farm. Um, I just thought there were a lot of like really tropey yeah. bits in that uh, episode that just kind of put me off. So I don't know if it was so much her like not being super developed as a director or if it was just they gave her the the worst story to direct, but she did mm-hmm. a killer job with the heiress. The I thought sanctuary. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, that episode was. So the the dislike that I was alluding to earlier, um, I really hate it when people like could easily just through conversation avoid a big debacle. So <laughs> the fact For that sure. in the in the season finale that Bo-Katan didn't emphasize the importance of taking down Moff herself was mm. really frustrating for me. It's like you couldn't have just said like if Why it was so important. Yeah. Like if your goal was like, I have to get in and I have to take down Moff, 
like they shouldn't have even split up into groups. Like right. she should have said, like, we all need to stay together because when we find Moff, I have to be the one to take him down. What does she think he was going to do? And if, if the circumstances turned out the way they did, what was he supposed to do? Just roll over and die mm-hmm. or just leave him there? Like, I don't know. My I friend Jay that. has a really good phrase for this. So you played yourself. <laughs> yeah. Quarter downstairs, you played yourself. Yeah, like that—that that was pretty much her fault. Like, as much as I love her to death, like, it, you could have like communicated like one percent, like half of one percent, and that would have been that. Well, to Ethan's point, like she did say, like, "Hey, I got to do this," but she didn't say why, well, she, especially she to somebody that it, like, didn't understand revenge. the significance. Yeah. Like, he knows nothing exactly. about Mandalore. He knows nothing about the dark saber, and he's just like, "I got to protect the kid." He's not thinking about this because she didn't take yeah. the the one moment to stop and explain why yeah that's definitely definitely a big frustrating piece of the plot yeah i i just for things like that that seems so avoidable like so easily like through conversation you just could have been like yo here's the deal i'm trying (laughs) to take back my throne he took something i need to do it i have to be the one to take it back like that's all it would have taken but now it's like i guess they gave themselves a plot for season three so I think it's it's so frustrating because of like how often that kind of thing, not like a rule Mandalore kind of thing, but as far as like you could have literally said like two things and could have avoided all this drama. Yeah. I think because that happens so much like in our lives, and it definitely shows. does for me. It's just like, ugh, I, I don't know why I expect more from TV shows to maybe be smarter than than what I see all the freaking time, but I agree it's very frustrating. True. It's not necessarily something that doesn't happen in real life. I'll give you that. <laughs> Ethan, at the end of that final episode with Moff Gideon, I couldn't help but think of some like um, Tyrion Lannister-esque kind of coming from Moff Gideon, the way that Tyrion <laughs> always talks his way out of everything. Yes. And and you have Moff at the end kind of, you know, being like, ha you can't do this because this, this, and this. I'm like, it was kind of like Tyrion? douche narrating almost like that's yeah. what he was doing. He was like, and here's how I screwed all of you. <laughs> that actually, yeah. th- that reminded me of another dislike that I had. Um, what you just said. Yeah. I think in retrospect, as much as I enjoyed the uh, Luke Skywalker, just running through the ship, wrecking house and taking care of business. <laughs> um, I wish the Mandalorians had, because in in Moff's mind, he had it like so, like you guys aren't gonna live through this. I'm, if I die, you're gonna die too. Like, I wish we could have seen them put up a fight because we saw that uh, Din learned something from his fight with the one that he had to take care of. That like mm. you can't just blast your way through him. You got to take him hand by hand. Right. Yeah. And I feel like it would have been really powerful to see them sort of work as a phalanx or, you know, like, because the Mandalorians are stronger together. And I right, think that right. could have provided a powerful message, even if they just sort of met Luke, like a 10th of the way, like yeah. at least let them take prove their down. worth a little bit. Wow. Um, but it was really interesting seeing Moff's uh, like processing because he's like, okay, I'm, I'm cool to just lay back as long as I know my troopers are going to get back in here and, take care of everyone and then i'll be the only one left standing yeah and then you see luke come off the elevator and start killing all of them and then he's like oh shoot he got the blaster he tried to kill grogu he's like i couldn't kill grogu 
uh, I got to kill myself. A it's just like the, the way his brain was like. <laughs> literally. Yeah. So it's really and they interesting. They were like, oh, we're not done with you yet. Kind of like um, Black Panther's like, sorry, the, the living aren't done with you yet. Yes. When uh, Zemo tries to kill himself. Mm. Yeah. That's that a, a really great good point. Thank you. And now I can leave. Oh, gosh. <laughs> See ya now. Yeah, we did get a taste of that, though, with the ladies, I have to say. The girl squad there in yeah, the, the final arc was so That's dope, awesome. especially the two of them. Just like, that was like a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie when they <laughs> jump out of the plane. I totally got the Power Rangers vibe from that, Andrew, if you know what I mean. When I've they're seen like, that movie. Mm-hmm. Just diving through the air was so, so great. Go, but go, yeah, Power I definitely, Rangers. yes. I was just telling Wyatt before we started, I was like bopping up and down in my chair, rewatching it again ready to kick down a door for women's history month, girl power, all the things. <laughs> and, and then you bawled your eyes out because of the, and then I bawled my eyes out at the very end, because how could you not? Because rewatching this. And I think like, I'll always like really appreciate it for what it is and the emotion of Luke Skywalker coming back. But also I think after watching WandaVision and that just ripping my heart out of my body as well, <laughs> Um, I was paying more attention to the dialogue than like what was actually happening, if that makes sense. And Wyatt and I were like ping-ponging quotes earlier for, you know, the fun segments that we do on the podcast. And the one that actually really stuck out to me from Mando, um, when he was saying goodbye to Grogu, he said something to the effect of like, don't be afraid. And that, yeah, it was, yeah. And it was actually and I quote, don't be afraid. Um, and you, you think of, about that on surface level and you're just like, oh, like, yeah, it'll be, you'll be okay, buddy. Like, don't be afraid. And then you think about all of the nuance that the fear of theme has in Star Wars and how, you know, Ahsoka just mentioned that about he's got a darkness to him. And I've seen this in another Jedi and fear is the path to the dark side kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I was just like, whoa, that was way heavier the fourth time around. <laughs> I think this is my fourth <laughs> time watching or fifth. I have lost track. This is, and I've cried every time. <laughs> so. Well, I would have I would have brought this up if Wyatt hadn't mentioned that I said it previously on your old podcast. But uh, I always am of the mind that like, what if we misconstrue uh, Luke or Yoda's words at any given point in the past and like what if he was saying that the the one he was afraid of training when he was talking to uh Ray later on about um I wasn't afraid of this power like what if that Ooh. is Grogu and um Ooh. I always I always thought that was an interesting idea because we know that Grogu has formed attachment um, if nothing else, then just with uh, Din. Right. So attachment is, I think, one of the most powerful pulls to the dark side because you have fear, you have, um, you know, you have attachment in itself, I think is, um, it, it makes you susceptible. All righty. So just like we did for the season one Mandalorian podcast, we are going to go to access the archives toward the end. Um, so I have a couple this time. Cobb Vanth, aka the Marshal, who was in Boba Fett's armor at the beginning of the show. The the Amen. dude with the fantastic hair. Um, I, I hope I can get hair. I hope I can get hair like that one day. Um, 
he first appeared in the Star Wars Aftermath novel. Like my brother, when he was watching this episode, before they even said his name, he's like, that's Cobb Vanth. I'm like, what the crap is that? How do you know that? <laughs> and he was like, oh, he was he was in a book. I'm like, of course. I was like, he's a, he's ahead of me on reading the books. I'm like, ah. So I, it was- Don't you so hate that people like cool. that? Um, <laughs> no. And he's younger too. I, I hate what that it's my jerk. brother. That's about it. I hate that it's my brother. Cause hey, like brother. we got that sibling, the slight sibling rivalry. Um, hey, Brian. Hi, Brian. We miss you. Like By the way, earlier, I love I love hearing you guys talk with Brian. That was that was a great episode. <laughs> so fun. He, he would have guessed on every pod if he could. He loved it so much. Um, and <laughs> honestly, if they could have switched me out with him, they probably would have too. And I <laughs> we've been no. trying. Brian's kind of cooler. We kid. Um, we kid. So dark troopers originate in the Dark Forces video game, like we said earlier. Um, another thing from this season that came from a Star Wars video game was the mission to kill the crate dragon. That was inspired by the Knights of the Old Republic video game. Um, I think Darth Revan um, had to team up with someone to uh, to kill a crate dragon. Um, I think the game Star Wars Bounty Hunter, I had to kill a great a crate dragon, and it was like half the size, and it was still really hard. Oh, um, and then uh, Luke being on the show <laughs> was such a great kept secret. Like I'm sorry, almost nobody knew. You just said half the size and hard at the same time, so. I had wow. that's what she, she said moment in my brain and <laughs> that's what going. the adult content is for you're welcome the, thanks. my church listens to this appreciate you're welcome. it Hi, church um, people. <laughs> um so again luke being on the show was like a really well-kept secret i mean that's how you know that like tom holland and mark ruffalo had like nothing to do with this because <laughs> it, was, it was a good kept secret and that's everyone needs one person who doesn't keep to their nda so well, I mean, we... <laughs> if they can keep Grogu and Baby Yoda a secret, I think they can keep Luke a secret. And then their same identity. Da, da, da. Uh, but can we give a shout out to Matt Rugetti real quick, who was the body double for Luke Skywalker? That was really, was that he did it a was? really good job. Incredible. Yes. Well, I tried to hold back, but I couldn't really hold back. So I have like four. <laughs> There's just so many cool facts about this season. Um, so one of the later episodes we get the magistrate morgan elsbeth she's actually played by diana lee in inno santo excuse me and her godfather was bruce lee oh, how wow. cool is wow. that wow. so obviously um she herself has had an accomplished career in the martial arts world in addition to film tv theater and writing so i just thought that was a cool fun fact that she's related to bruce lee um, we actually get a call back to a new hope in the concept art for most Isley Cantina in chapter 10. Um, there's a photo in the, in the concept artwork of Pelimoto and Dr. Mandible, where there's mm -hmm. actually a blaster mark on the wall from Greedo. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of cool That's awesome. in the artwork. Um, and I actually had a couple notes about this, um, Dr. Mandible situation. So this character is obviously some kind of insect, looks like an ant. I honestly blocked that out. I think I was just like, ew, a giant bug. Um, <laughs> but that was um, somebody, a character that actually appeared back in season one in chapter five, the gunslinger. And interestingly enough, chapter 10 was directed by Ant-Man director Peyton Reed. And this character resembles an ant. 
don't know. Uh, was there a connection on purpose? I don't know. Of that course. Was kinda uh, cool. Of course it was. Everything's right? on purpose. And then another character that was also in season one, chapter five, which I didn't know until reading this, was the frog lady. She was also in the gunslinger. Um She's voiced by one of my favorites, D. Bradley Baker, who's a freaking legend in the voice acting world. He's been in every cartoon show you could ever think of. Um, does like really great, fun cartoon voices, but also does like those frog, scary alien type voices as well. So that, that was great. And then the actual body actor, the physical actor is Misty Rose, Roses, who played Quill in the first season. Oh, oh nice. really? Yeah. So she was in both suits. Isn't that fun? Very cool. Very yeah, cool. That's, that's dope. Um, one of my shouts to Galaxy's Edge is a WED-15 Treadwell droid can be seen roasting meat on a pod racer engine in Pelimoto's like, garage, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of like a direct shout out to Ronto Roasters because they claim to cook their meat in the same way. And they have like that uh, big robot rotating uh-huh. the spigot. If you remember, I like it medium rare. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then my last one is for Wyatt. Um, Bib Fortuna saying McClunky at the end of <laughs> chapter sixteen. This word said by Greedo in a new edition of A New Hope is the Huttese word meaning "This will be the end of you." <laughs> McClunky. McClunky. <laughs> so there you go. There's an actual meaning to the word. It's not just McClunky. Um, I don't know. This isn't, first of all, I wanted to commend you guys because I think one of the greatest things about your podcast is your ability to call attention to things, um, and their significance. Um, but this is one of my favorite things that you guys do. I don't know that I have, I feel like I should being a Disney employee, uh, should have more insight, but one of the cool things about Mandalorian with me specifically, I think is, um, we got to see uh because disney does these um one thing is like investor day type announcements which is where you guys kind of get it like after the fact um about things were like they just recently i think two months ago did the big announcement for lucasfilm about all the upcoming disney plus and movie series including all the ones we've been referring to rangers of the new republic ahsoka and or yada yada um and they also do these like Disney technology um, innovation groups. So cool. in the same way that like Lucasfilm came through and did a presentation and then Pixar and then Marvel, it's the same deal with uh, innovate because innovations are sort of baked into, um, especially in terms of entertainment, um, all the different subsidiary studios that disney owns so i got to see the the groundbreaking um i don't even they don't really have a name for it it's the uh the film set technology they developed specifically for mandalorian which if you guys haven't seen it work i believe there is um footage of it that you can find now um if you were to google it but I got to see that before um, season one aired and they even did updates of it uh, before season two. And so each time I got to see before the season came out, I got to see the sort of proprietary uh, like 
inner workings, if you will. And um, so a lot of the stuff that you see in like the behind the scenes creation documentaries that they have on Disney plus um, that's the kind of stuff I was seeing before the season even came out. So I was blown away by that technology, the, the way that the, the camera, um, it, it moves its own perspective relative to what it's picking up on the background right, right, in right. order to maintain this like perfect lighting, so cool. perfect. Uh, it's, it's so fascinating and it's, it's so amazing. And I think that's one of the beautiful things about Lucasfilm in general is like, it's always been something, whether it's industrial light and magic um, or mm -hmm. Skywalker studios with sound effects, it's always been yep. something that's pushed the envelope and done something new yeah. technology wise, which um, is, is a really cool thing to, to get to sort of witness in perpetuity. Yeah. That's my work cool was sh shooting a, sorry, I was just going to say really quick on that note, my work was actually shooting a video for something and our CEO kept um, like bragging that this is the same technology that they use on the Mandalorian at this studio that I'm, I'm filming at. Cause he's a huge Mandalorian fan. Wow. That's really <laughs> That's cool. awesome. That's and it's flex. like local somewhere here in, in Tampa St. Pete. Yeah. It was a huge flex. That's awesome though. No, but I mean, all I was going to say was that it's really cool. They let the Disney employees um, get in on that. Um, yeah. You know, before the rest of the, that's really cool. That's a, that's a nice perk you got there. Yeah. And uh, I think I mentioned this to you guys off air, but I, I, I'm on a team that was a part of doing some stuff for Black Spire Outpost, but that was before my time. Unfortunately, I wasn't a part of any of that. Otherwise, I would, I would tell you guys every inch of what I worked on. But Well, does that mean you have the opportunity when new stuff comes along that they might call on that same team again that you're a part of? Absolutely. And I've actually done some other stuff that I can't talk about, but it's not Star Wars related. There it is. But, I knew it. <laughs> but uh, it, that's like the the 1% amazingly cool stuff that I get to do that that makes all of the 100%. other work so gratifying. So yeah. We're going to have to end this uh, podcast abruptly, just like the end of season two, because we have no idea where we're going next. But we do. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Ethan, thank you so so much for joining Yay. us on. Dude, thank this you for being podcast. on here. Man. So awesome. Absolutely. Real quick. It was my pleasure. Us, real quick, tell us about your podcast. Yes, please. Please, yes. Yeah, so we're uh pretty broad in terms of what we cover. Uh we're named Nerd Institute. Um essentially, we're a nerdy place to talk about nerdy things <laughs> and uh whatever that may mean for me or my co-host Eric. Um, I'm obviously a huge, uh, star Wars and Marvel head. Uh, I'm, I'm very, very invested in the, in the star Wars and Marvel universes. And, um, we, I'm, I'm getting pulled a little more into like anime. Cause that's sort of Eric's thing. Um, I actually, I should say a lot more. I've pretty <laughs> much dived, uh, head first into it. I'm, we're re watching and watching a bunch of series to, review um we're actually in two weeks with the start of falcon winter soldier on disney plus we're going to be doing um the launch of our season two uh we just nice. wrapped oh, up on cool. social media the first round of our we're doing these uh matchup tournaments where we mm -hmm. for instance we pinned spider-man against deku from 
uh, My Hero Academia and Dumbledore versus Darth Vader. Or that whatever, was so you know? hard. That was a hard choice. Actually, I think it was Voldemort versus Darth Vader. Uh, and it was Dumbledore versus Yoda. Oh, you're right. So. You're right. Yes, yes. They were both difficult. <laughs> Which you guys would probably be disappointed, I think, in in just about every outcome on there in terms of Star Wars characters. They didn't probably. fare so well. So I won't tell you we need to I get some more of your then. followers voting on those. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we, we got a lot of cool, um, more engaging type events, stuff that we're planning for season two that I'm really excited to share. So we're going to be doing like a, an open house to talk about uh, some big plans that we got coming um all to be like more engaging with the fans and um or i should say fans of our favorite franchises not even necessarily uh you don't have to like us but if you guys like nerds. marvel we got yeah. it the other nerds <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um but yeah we're we're really looking forward to that looking forward to falcon winter soldier and i'm actually i'm not sure what the next big because i don't know that they have a lot of dates uh released for yeah. lucasfilm but um, there should be, I think Book maybe Obi-Wan or Andor would be one of the next series coming out for Disney+. It, it was supposed to be Book of Boba Fett, but I think that got pushed back because I think that was supposed to come out before the next Mandalorian um, season, mm. but I think it got pushed back. So I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's either Andor or Obi-Wan. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm super looking forward to that. We, we pretty much have everything lined up for us for marvel like i think last season we had to invent a lot more of uh what we were gonna have to talk about with that um but this year it's like we don't have a break with marvel content so uh, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're gonna have to invent more about what we're talking about for star wars which i'm looking forward to just being more theoretical with all the franchises they've announced which is one of my favorite things to do is just speculate so i'm looking yeah. forward to that you're pretty good at it so you are awesome <laughs> Well, Ethan, I want to personally thank you because if it wasn't for you and Nerd Institute, we probably wouldn't have launched this podcast. Probably not. Um, you, you so I was right. You were, <laughs> you, yes, you were thousand percent right. So again, thank you for joining us for this season. Join us next time as we wrap up the original trilogy before diving into the sequels where we'll be doing a consult the council if you haven't done so already, DM us a question via social media, and we will try our best to answer it live on the podcast. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Consult the Council. This is Spectre Radio, signing off.